Today, we're diving into the question of how we can really deliver worthwhile learning online, how to map out your learning design, and how to measure its achieving the outcomes you promise for your participants. Come on in. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every episode, I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hello and welcome. I am really excited about today's topic because it takes me back to how I started in the online business education field. Back at the start of my career, coming out of an academic field in biosciences, I jumped into educational technology, as it was called back then. I was helping teachers, lecturers and learning designers across many different subject areas to create engaging and effective courses and learning for their students. I guess looking back, I can see that I've always been interested in how we operate as humans, the physiology, the psychology, the way our brains are wired as it relates to business, process improvement and sales and marketing. And if you're not in the information product business, how can you build a course or program that provides high quality interaction, great participation and space for application and reflection for your students? Because this is how real transformation happens. So today we're diving into the question of how we can really deliver that worthwhile learning online, how to map out your learning design and how to measure its achieving the outcomes you promise for your participants or clients. First, some introduction and then we'll go through five steps. And there's a worksheet for this that you can download at jallison.com forward slash isuccess forward slash free hyphen stuff. The link's also going to be given in the show notes for this episode. And it gives you the five steps for creating and mapping out your program or course design and some thoughts about the evaluation plan for that. So um, let me first list the five steps and then I'm going to talk through what we're solving for here. So step one is to create the goals statement. Step two, map out the outcomes. Step three, talk about the experience. Step four, we'll identify the measures. And step five, we'll look at what constitutes a win. What does success look like? And then we'll finish up by reviewing technology to support the learning design and some final reflections. So let's call it a program from now on, because for me, a course feels a little more restrictive, more of a skills training or behavioral learning than transformational learning. So I always like to use the word program, um, depending really on what it is that you're doing. I like to think of learning design in terms of where you want to be on the stairway to interactivity from a program that's very content heavy and teacher based to one that's more student group based, rooted in real world scenarios, and that creates a thriving community of shared practice. So in pedagogic terms, you might think of this as 
going from presentation to practice, communication, interaction and collaboration. When you're doing your exploratory research and planning, you should be thinking about some key questions. One, what kinds of learning do you want to happen in the online environment? Two, what kinds of activities and interactions does the online platform that you're using support? Three, how do people change their practices after engaging in your online activities? Four, which tasks, resources, supports are best meeting the outcomes you're helping people achieve? Five, in what ways can you harness the interactive functionality of the tools to improve your students' learning experience? Six, how does employing technology and tools for this activity affect your own teaching practices and indeed your business model? From that vantage point, you can more easily think about what the balance of your course should be. Should it be content, objectives, process-based? Should it be independent learning or collaborative learning? Should there be an online and an offline connection? Think beyond the content. Content and resources is often where people start, but it's not actually what creates the transformations that you're promising. You're going to need to interweave communication and dialogue. If it's a group program, you'll want to find ways to foster collaboration and cooperation amongst the group because learning from sharing and discussion with peers is a powerful learning method. So think in terms of an integrated design for learning and use the technologies that support the activities that you want going on. Next, you'll want to consider what your learning design needs to look like. Some of the things that you can decide on are the structure. Is it low or high? The content, is it light or is it rich and heavy? What about the communication? Again, is it light or heavy? What about interaction? Are they working more independently or is it much more at the collaborative end? And what about the blend? What about the hybrid? Is it online or offline? And what's the difference between? And what about the blend? Is it a bit of online and offline or is it more one or the other? Now, if the structure is high or low, you can focus on the level, the consistency and the guidance that you need. You can take account of the learner's preferred styles. Now, if communication is high, then you'll be focusing more on the online tasks for students and your role as a facilitator and giving feedback. If it's content heavy, then focus on the routes through the material, processing of information. If it's collaborative, focus on group work tasks, processes and feedback. If it's blended, think about connections with activities away from the computer or mobile phone. Now consider the learning design components, the learning tasks, the learning supports and the learning resources. What about the tools and technologies that you need? Will there be assignments? Do you need an assessment strategy? If you're working in an academic environment, maybe you'll need some approval and validation and quality assurance requirements being met. And importantly, what will be the key evaluation criteria for how well your students progress through the program and meet the learning outcomes? In a program I was involved in as external evaluator several years back now at Oxford Brookes University, they used a three-part structuring for course design, which got people to map out a storyboard for learning tasks, learning supports and learning resources. Let me explain what we mean by each of those things. Learning tasks, 
probably more obvious, are activities, problems, interactions used to engage the students. Learning supports are schedules, scaffolds, structures, encouragements, motivations, feedback, guidance, and linkages that are used to support learning. Learning resources, again, more obvious, the content, information and resources or knowledge that your students will bring to bear on the activities they're doing, on the activities they're doing. Taken together, designed into a sequence, this is what develops new understandings and new abilities that leads to new thinking or practices and supports how your participants progress through to the transformation you deliver. This is your expert system, your learning design and program design. Using this process of storyboarding or sequencing module by module really simplifies creating your program design from onboarding and setting the scene to orientate and motivate your participants to week on week what your students will be watching, reading, doing, discussing and reflecting on. You can map it all out visually so it's clear where they get the input from you as the tutor and at what points you'll want to evaluate how well it's working. And that bit's important. You don't just want to evaluate at the end of the course. By evaluating your program, what we call formatively, as it runs, you'll hear where and how students or participants experience your design. What's too fast, too slow? Where do they typically get stuck? What do they struggle most with? So you can modify the design accordingly, either for the next session or for the next cohort. You can add in extra support or resources to get them over that barrier. I want to add in a quick word about the key features of interactive online learning design. First, you need a spark, a stimulus, a challenge, a task or some kind of problem that they need to solve. Then you need to set up an online activity and students have to do something. We call it action learning. There needs to be a participative element. Students have to respond. There needs to be some kind of summarising, feedback or critique from the group or the tutor because that's where real learning actually happens. And there need to be some kind of guidelines, instructions for the activity, for taking part. Such learning activities need to be motivating, engaging and purposeful. You'll need to decide if the activity should be based on interaction between learners, tutors and groups and the resources you're providing and whether they can be synchronous or asynchronous. Now let's turn to the five steps in the worksheet I'm giving you. As I said, you can grab this from my website at jallison.com forward slash isuccess forward slash free hyphen stuff or from the episode show notes on the podcast site leveragebusinesspodcast.com. Scroll down to episode 67 and click show notes. So let's start. Step one is to create the goal statement for your course or program. So you're going to want to find a compelling title that um, is really uh, very engaging. And then you can create a subtitle or tagline, which is a little bit more um, exacting with your keywords in it that pretty much does what it says on the tin. You also want to try and capture the overall aim. What's the big idea in your promise, in your sales page, for example? Step two You want to set out the objectives or learning outcomes. So what they need to know, understand and or believe after completing the course or program. What's the transformation that you deliver? What are they going to feel like after completing the course or program? What will we be able to do better, faster, with more ease and grace, with less stress and anxiety? In step three, you'll describe the learner experience that you want to create. 
What kind of learner experience do you want to deliver? Step four, you'll identify how and when you'll measure outcomes. So this is about the tracking of progress and as well as the end result. What are the intended benefits? How will you know your course program is helping people achieve the outcomes you want for your students? What kind of indicators of progress are you going to measure? What methods will you use to collect or assess these outcomes formatively during the course and summatively after the course? Decide when you will do these things as well as the methods. And how will you capture unintended outcomes, negative and positive? Step five, imagine the wins that you want to hear during and after your course or programme. What do you hope they'll be raving about to other people, about what they've learned, what they've accomplished, what they've experienced during or after completing your programme? So those are the key five steps, but you'll also want to review the technology to support your learning design. When you're mapping out your programme, keep in mind the tools and technologies you'll be using to support it. As a minimum, you want to review three things. One, what are the constraints and benefits of available technologies or of the particular platform that you're using? Two, what's the human time and energy to get these technologies to work? And three, are you taking account of social issues, skills and fun in terms of the choices that you're making? Once you've pulled all of this together, you're going to be wanting to make some final reflections to really take stock and to think, am I overcomplicating this? What you really want is something that works very simple. And by mapping it out as a storyboard, as a sequence, it really helps you to see where everything fits, where everything, um, how everything rolls and Imagine taking yourself through that process as a participant and thinking about the experience for them. And if you have a business partner or accountability buddy or maybe even a long-term client, you can give them a walkthrough and ask them to tell you what comes up for them going through it. So I hope that that's useful to you. It's um, a real whirlwind and uh, I'd love to talk to you more about your program design and your evaluation if that's an area that you need some help with. So feel free to send me any comments or questions. Just reach out through any of my channels, email or contact form at jallison.com. Or much more fun is you can submit via our audio memo at jallison.com forward slash podcast forward slash QA. So that's all from me for today. I wish you a very good weekend ahead and ciao ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week 
and I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.